From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. This episode was brought to you by Pliazon, the burner's online resource for that burning sensation. In today's episode, we meet with Mark Pincus, the co-founder and CEO of Tribe.net. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up on the list is me, and I really need your help. This time, I'm not begging you for money. I'm not asking you to support the show. What I want and need now is for you to vote for me. Check it out. The other day, I got the following message. This is Ira Glass of This American Life. You know, one of the things traditionally that public broadcasting has been uh, not the greatest at is innovation, at creating brand new shows and getting them out there. And so some people have decided to get together and remedy that, and they're inviting you, yes, you, to become the next host of a public radio show. Go to publicradioquest.com to see. Okay, like, oh my God, what would you do after a year of creating weekly podcasts? I said, okay, Ira, I'll do it. And so I entered Burncast in the public radio talent quest. You see, they're looking for the next public radio host. Actually, they're looking for three. They need fresh ideas and new voices as they expand into the world of new media, both online and in broadcast. Their idea is to get the American public involved to help shape the whole thing. I mean, this is public radio after all. This whole shebang is made possible by a grant by the Corporation of Public Broadcasting. With the help of your vote, I stand a chance to win a bunch of money and maybe even develop my own show for public radio. The first round entails a two-minute recording sampling my hostiness. I know, you're like, hostiness? Well, they're looking for that je ne sais quoi in a host, and they described it as people who are, quote, engaging, smart, curious, surprising, honest, intriguing, have a sense of humor, clever, authentic, human, real trustworthy, knowledgeable, maybe even someone you'd have dinner with. So now come on, don't you want to have dinner with me? So here are the important details. Get a piece of paper, okay? I've entered the contest under the username Burncast. I need you to log on to publicradioquest.com and I need you to vote for Burncast. If you call yourself a burner, you'll understand that what I need from you is to vote high. High like a kite. Give me five stars. I want a pony. You can also click on the banner ad at burncast.net to be directed to my profile. Okay, second up on the Burncast community bulletin board, we hear from Chai Guy with an update about CryptoFishy, as well as more heartfelt messages for her from the community. We now turn to Chai Guy for the update. Thanks, Dabom. Hey, everybody, it's Chai Guy. Just wanted to let you guys know that we really appreciate everybody sending in their messages of love and hope for our very good friend CryptoFishicist and Fishy when you're listening to this, when you're feeling better, when you're up to it we just want you to know how much we love you and care about you how much we miss you and how much we hope that you come home very very soon and with that here are the messages that people left for Fishy This is Sue Zizzle, and I've been going to Burning Man for a couple, two, three years now. And I'm actually calling with my well wishes for Doss Chuckster, aka 
Fish Joe, Fishy. Hey, listen, I'm thinking about you. I know that you've never heard my voice before and ditto that, but um, I'm reading Kamikaze's blog that he stole from Doll Parts, and yes, it's all very um, touching that everybody's kind of rallying around you. You're not even awake yet, but I wanted to add my voice in there as one that you listen to on this tape or however the bomb's doing it. Um, and hopefully I will meet you soon. So yeah, big change for you, but um, I know you can deal. Anyway, again, it's Suzazel. All right, holla, bye. This is a message for Crypto. Crypto, this is um, Green Monkey. Um, I got the news um, Sunday, and um, I just feel really bad. Um, I know it's going to be a rough road. I know you've got the strength and the heart to do it. Um, I know that because you've given so much to so many other people. It helped me so much on Grieving Man, and uh, my heart's with you. I'm thinking about you all the time, sending you all the love I've got. And um, I'm all the way in Connecticut, so I'm kind of far away right now, but I'm pretty sure there's something I can do at some point. So uh, just let your people know that uh, I'm here, and I can um, help in any way you think I need to help. So for now, I'll send love and prayers and light, healing light, and um, and uh, get well soon. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. I love you. Bye. Hey, this is Chase or Chronicle or whatever you uh, want to call me. This is a, uh, a message for crypto. Crypto, I don't know you. Um, you don't know me. I know people that know you. Uh, I don't know exactly what's happened, but um, it sounds like something serious has happened, so uh, I felt compelled to leave this message and uh, and let you know that I'm, I'm sending all of the positive energy that I have right now towards you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you continue to do better. I hate to see other people in a situation where they're helpless or where they don't know that they're loved or they don't know that they're cared about. So uh, this is my message at 12.19 a.m. my time with a, uh, a cold past in my hand. Uh, thinking of you. Hey, Bombers. This is Bear. Thanks for what you're doing. And I just want to say, fishy, fishy, this is Bear, darling. And I'm thinking of you candles burning you're in my thoughts every single day every single moment get well get back to us and uh we're thinking of you we're loving you hi my name is renee and um i've never been to burning man before but my friend all parts on tribe has been posting many many things for crypto and I want to let you know that my heart and energy goes out to you and anything that I can do. I know I'm in the Midwest and far away from the coast, but anything that I can do or contribute, I will. Um, sending you my energy and my love and my well wishes, and I hope that you're doing well. And you have a fantastic community surrounding you to support you. Never forget that. Okay? Much love. Renee. Bye.
Hey, this is Sergeant John Kamikaze Kelly. I wanted to leave a message for Crypto Fishy. She's been a very important part of our community for years. She's been through a lot, and she has so much love and myths that I needed to send her a shout-out. Crypto, you know how much loved you are. You are so missed, and the community has so reached out. So, Fishy, you mean so much to us that we need you. Okay, so my thoughts are with you. I love you. And you just take care of yourself, and we'll, we'll see you when we see you. All right, Kamikaze, I'm going to go there. You take care, hon. I love you. Hello, this message is for Chucka. This is Ginger Petunia wishing very well with good thoughts, healing thoughts, happy thoughts, warm thoughts, lots of family, lots of friends, everybody thinking of your recovery as you keep moving forward into the future. want to let you know that we will support you with love and healing thoughts for a long time to come. Because it's not going to be like two weeks or anything. It'll take some time, but you will recover and get into a groove with your new body. It's, it's a good thing that we know other people who have been through this, and we'll put you in touch with them soon when it's time, when you're able, when you're ready. In the meantime, we've got candles lit for you, and I've hung all of the alligators in the sun. They're spinning in the sun thinking of you, and uh, your art touches us all. And we think wonderful things to you. And I hope you're listening to this message with a smile on your face because you are loved. Thanks, everyone. If you would like to leave a message of love and hope for Fishy, call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416. Once again, that's 206-350-1416. I also have an important update to announce. There's a new mailing address for Fishy. If you would like to get that and send her a card, and card only please, just go to www.burncast.net and get the link for her blog that her family has set up for her. Thank you very much everyone for all of your love and support. Now back to you, Dabom. Thanks, Chai Guy. To Cryptoficious and her family, we hope you can feel our love and support and know that if there's anything we at Burncast can do to help, simply let us know. Like Chai Guy said, for more information or to leave Fishy your own message, simply go to our website, burncast.net. And while you're there, please consider supporting our show through a PayPal donation. Remember, Burncast is a non-commercial podcast and we are not affiliated with the Burning Man organization. We rely solely on the support of our listeners. Okay, that about wraps things up for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. A reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Playazon, the largest online resource for that burning sensation. Go to playazon.com and remember, you've got a shop to burn. Okay, let's move on with today's episode. Mark Pincus is the co-founder and CEO of the social networking website Tribe.net. A graduate from the Wharton School of Business and holding an MBA from Harvard, Pincus is a serial entrepreneur with a track record of growing venture-funded technology companies. He launched Tribe in 2003 with the mission to enable individuals and communities to connect and transact. 
almost immediately after its launch, Tribe took off with the Burner community and currently has about 39% of the population of Black Rock City as members. In this interview, Mark talks about the growth and development of Tribe, takes our feedback about how to improve the site, and goes off about his favorite topic, community versus the corporation. He also gives advice on how burners and artists can create a sustainable livelihood based on doing work that they love. I want to make a note that Mark happily played the three-playa community drinking game with us, but opted to drink his favorite healthy energy drink instead of drinking alcohol. We totally support that idea. Mark's a healthy kind of guy, and we thought this would be great. This interview took place on April 28th at his home in San Francisco, California. Our guest today is Mark Pincus from Tribe.net. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show. Before we begin, I'd like to present you with a gift from Dr. Ratbite LaRue of Pliazon.com. It's the burner's online resource for that burning sensation. Can you tell our audience what that gift is? Well, it is a leave no trace keychain, which is terrific for me because I I need a new keychain. And does it open? Yes, it opens. Okay. Uh-huh. I've figured enough out so that it opens. <laughs> and inside there's a condom. <laughs> Leave no trace. <laughs> Leave no trace. <laughs> and it comes from Thailand. How appropriate. Okay. okay. I'm a little skeptical about a condom from Thailand, but <laughs> my girlfriend will appreciate it. Okay, so I know you don't listen to the show, but you've kindly offered us this drink that we are playing for the three-playa community mm. drinking game. The rules are, anytime somebody says community, we all have to drink, and my friend Jen, who's in the audience today, will be the ringmaster. Okay, Mark, you have an impressive resume. An MBA Harvard graduate, business school, was it summa cum laude from uh, Wharton? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you're founding internet companies such as support.com and tribe.net. You've worked in business consulting at Bain and Company, uh-huh. and investment backing at Lazard and Frere. Lazard Frere. Lazard Frere. Wow, I'm, I was really impressed. Oh, thank you. What was your first year at Burning Man? Uh, let's see. Ironically, my first year at Burning Man was 2003. I went to Burning Man two or three weeks after we launched Tribe. And I had no idea that there would be any connection between Tribe and Burning Man. Wow, okay. I'm actually wondering about that, but I'm going to get to that question. What inspires you about Burning Man? To me, it's like every year it renews my faith in the people around me and how cool we can all live. So it helps for me reestablish my vision of how... And I'm conscious now of not saying community. <laughs> okay, so thank you. It inspires me to see not just how altruistic, you know, a group of people can be towards total strangers, but also the way that they can come together and play together and share nothing more than kind of an ethos. And it reminds me a little bit of like. Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, the way that there was a certain segment of society that had this different ethos about, in that case, it was capitalist, you know, that everybody should pull their own weight and contribute to society and blah, blah, blah. And in this case, it's a little different, but it's, it's a little friendlier ethos. But 
so it, it's like it, it, I go there every year and it, it renews that, but it also opens up a lot of my senses. So we all kind of start taking ourselves too seriously and, and lose the kind of fun and playfulness. And you go back to Burning Man and it's like, part of it is like a struggle and it breaks you down and you're like, the weather sucks and it's hot and you're lost your friends and you're bored and you're like, what am I doing here? But then 10 minutes later, somebody walks up to you with something that just is like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I remember my first year or no, it was my second year that a group of people on bikes, I, I lost my friends, a group of people on bikes all came up to me. It was like 20 people and stopped and I had my bike and they, the first guy was like, we're trying to find the pool. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, okay. And I just spent the rest of the day, you know, biking around trying to find the pool. So <laughs> That sounds like fun. Okay. I had this fantasy in my mind that you came up with Tribe.net while you were at Burning Man, but you came up with it before Burning Man. <laughs> See, if I had a good, like, spin consultant or PR okay. consultant, that's what the story would have been. Okay. You know, just like Piero Midiar was <laughs> trying to sell or find Ped's dispensers, right? Uh, <laughs> No, it, it was just a weird synchronicity that I think, you know, I, I got really interested in social networking because I invested in Friendster. Mm-hmm. And even before that, I invested in Napster. Weren't you like PeopleNet or something like that as well? Or people? Well, I've written about the people web, like my people vision. Web. Yeah, That's yeah. just something I made up. Oh, it's okay. like no company. Um, but yes, yeah, so I got excited about this. I, all these ideas coming together that like we would take on a real identity on the internet and that it would be one network. And that's what Web 2.0 is really about. Like that this is not separate AOL and Yahoo and blah, blah, blah. And what I thought was there would be this one network that we were all interconnected with, which is the fabric of life, that would be really represented now on the internet with filters so that I could tell the internet who I am and what I want. And it would be I'm young and single and Jewish and I want a girl that's like this and lives within 10 miles of me and I wouldn't have to pick the right database to be in. Mm-hmm. It would just surface someone who also wanted to be surfaced to me. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I did was, that really was my aha moment, was in May of 2002, I bought my name on Google. And I was like, that's cool. And that was like a very hip thing to do because mm-hmm. people Google each other more than they admit. And now all of a sudden it would tell me that I got Googled 70 times in a day, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, it's like the ultimate vanity plates. And my click-through rate on my ad was like 25% because you and you Google this person and they've got an ad, it's like they're there talking to you. It's like part of the conversation. They're like, yo, you're trying to find out about me? Let me help you. And you're like, okay. So that came together with this other ethos that I've always been a real community person. Drink. <laughs> so, so those things came together. And the, the honest truth behind Tribe was that it's like when you've done startups a bunch of times, you, you're trying to cure your past evils. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to like construct the perfect business, you know, and it's going to have a way to make money. And and we had the best business plan of any social network from the start because we were going to monetize it through listings like Craigslist. Mm-hmm. But we were like, we'll be a different kind of listings because 
there's people with faces behind it, and there's a trust element. And we're going to use the social network as a way to get people to identify themselves and have a relationship and an audience before there's enough people listing cars for sale. The whole tribes part of it, the groups part of it, was an afterthought. We just thought, oh, well, you should have that. And the name came from the idea of Ethan Waters had written this book, Urban Tribes. Urban Tribes, I read that book. Yeah, and that really resonated with me, and I thought, that is my life. You know, I'm 41 and single, and you're not supposed to be. You're never right. married. I'm not, my sister said when I was 38, I needed a good excuse. She's like, you know, you have to like, maybe you used to be gay, you know, you're a widower. She's just like, you need a good excuse because otherwise you just look like damaged goods. Like, why are you? Basically, the book talks about how urban tribes are replacing the, the nuclear family. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the, thank you. So the, the point of it was that we've now created a new family, especially here in San Francisco, where it's these groupings of people that rely on each other the way families do. And they're more extended. And so I thought everyone has their tribe or their scene. And I love the idea that you could have a way to connect with them that's beyond just a social network. So what Tribe does, I think, is different from other social networking because it's broader. Like Craigslist is broader, right? Craigslist is half of San Francisco. And but there's still but some there's, shared ethos, and there's a. I, I love the ethos of Craigslist, but I also there's some un, anonymity to it. I'm like, who is this person right. I'm dealing with? Right. And the idea I had with Tribe was, okay, your social network's not broad enough for classified listings. Craigslist is getting too broad and too anonymous. So, I was trying to cut that perfect middle ground of like, because listings are about. You're trying to get leads. Mm -hmm. And all these are about leads, qualified leads. Is it for a date, someone to buy my car, I want to buy a couch, I want a job. You're putting yourself out to the ether Mm -hmm. and you're putting an intent out and you're hoping to get something back and you want to get good leads back. The best is one good lead. You'd like two so you can compare them. But the worst, so if, if you put them out on Craigslist and you get 500 job applications, it's too many to, and they're all single, you know, there's no way to qualify them. Or, you know, you put out your social network to your friend group and you, you get none back or one back, and it, so you need something in the middle. And so that was the idea of, okay, you could be in, a, in an urban tribe, like in L.A., it's the DJ scene. Mm-hmm. Or the Burning Man is a, an awesome example of an urban tribe by itself, and that's the biggest tribe we have, right? It is the v- biggest <laughs> tribe. In fact, as of today, you had 15,466 members in the tribe, as opposed to the Burning Man bulletin board, which I went to go check their numbers, but they were down yeah. this morning. Uh, uh, so I cashed it on Google. They have 11,452 members, so a difference of about 4,000 people or about 10% of the population of Black Rock City. Why do you think there's more burners on Tribe than on the Burning Man bulletin board? Well, that's, and that's something that I've talked to Larry and Marion about since the beginning. And they're, they love it all, so none of it's competitive. So, and you're referring to, to E Playa. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's what I'm so, yeah. so the problem with E Playa has been that it's too anonymous and that people aren't really interconnected enough with the rest of their life. And I think there's something that happens. If we're together in person, it's tough to be to behave badly. There's no there, there's pressure in person 
to behave correctly, which at Burning Man or here, which is that it could be ugly. You could yell at me or say I'm a bad person or something, and then I can't avoid listening to you. Whereas online, and this is very in the Web 1.0 world with all of the anonymous message boards, you could act badly and it doesn't matter. There's no repercussions to it. There is no peer group around it. But with Web 2.0 and identities and social networks and something you have an ongoing relationship with, there is, again, that force, both carrot and stick of behavior. And so I think that's a big thing. And then I also think people use Tribe for a lot of different parts of their life. And so it's not just to talk to other people about Burning Man. It's I'm going to post my photos and have, like, host other parts of my life there. The Burning Man tribe has a problem with trolls and alts and sock puppets. Are you aware of that by any chance? I know about the trolls' problems because we hear about it because people email abuse at tribe. Okay. What are your feelings about people who use tribe anonymously in that way? Well, that's part of any... That, by the way, Burning Man itself has problems with trolls. I remember my first year there, or no, my second year, there's some drugged out guy came into our camp and I've been in the deep end camp the last few years and he came in and started bashing speakers and people came out and tried to stop him and he was violent and one of the bigger members of our group our, our camp came out and and had to get into a fist fight with him and and punch him to get him to stop breaking these things so that was a troll the community. <laughs> so the community came and rallied around the issue of the troll. Yeah, and and so and I and I think that works pretty effectively on tribe. It it could probably get better, but it's interesting that I've gone through two extremes. Where first we had huge funding and we had tons of engineers, and a co-founder of mine was a brilliant engineer, so he wanted to build. The engineers built everything, Mm -hmm. and we had too much stuff, kind of like Burning Man has too much stuff. Mm -hmm. So we had too much functionality. It was confusing to people. And the users were furious whenever we changed anything. This is like you feel ownership, and it's like this is my house, and you just moved the door. Well, that's getting back to Craigslist. Craig believes that the users make the calls about what's going on on Craigslist. Right. It took two years for him to add photos to listings. So, and now I've gone to the other extreme where I have no engineers at Tribe. And so now I can't change anything really. I mean, I have some support, but so it's tough because you always, there's always features you'd like to add. Like you'd like to give moderators more tools, more ability to delete and get rid of people faster and be alerted. But, you know. That's interesting that you're bringing me to my next question, which is if you could go back to the original design stage, what is the one the one change or improvement you would make? One. <laughs> it's hard to, do, to tell you one. I would say I would have tried to just do one thing instead of do three. Okay. We tried to do it all at once, and every feature we put into Tribe from the beginning of letting you limit who sees your profile and photos and parts, that's all being played out now four years later on sites like the Facebook but they're bringing the users along slower. And, and so I think the one change is, which is ironic, is I would have just focused on groups and profiles. And I would have 
left listings out as more of it, it was it would have been more of an appendage that's useful, but I would have focused more on first dialing down in a simple way a better way for tribes to communicate, interact, and do things with each other. Okay, and now here's a question that's coming in from a tribe member who knew I was going to talk to you. He says, I can get email notifications for personal messages, event invitations, friend requests, testimonials, tribe invitations, and photo comments, all in an email. Why not blog comments? Why can't we get notified about blog comments? That's a really good point that I think he should submit to us, or he just did. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll figure out how hard that is, and I'll put it in my long queue, but... <laughs> See, here's, here's the tough, bigger question about group communications. I wanted from the beginning something I called tribe mail or group mail, which is I wanted anyone to be able to turn a tribe into like a listserv so that you opt into it, but you have a way specifically. And the, the other thing that was hard for me is that I've learned over the last four years is that a ship needs one captain. And... You can be draconian and you can be Captain Bly, but you're better off with Captain Bly than five captains who are nice. Mm -hmm. And I try to be consensus. And you got to be consensus with the users, but it's also consensus driven inside our whole company. And so, and not just consensus, I tried to have people own things. And the problem is you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. If your product manager owns the product and the new thing, all you can do is suggest ideas. You can't dictate. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I had two ideas that I think were really good that got buried. One was this group mail. And the idea was specifically, I want to send an email to this to the Burning Man group. And anyone, you opt in, so people in Burning Man, both up front and when they get these emails, like a listserv, decide they want to get it. And they could also squelch that person out. That I had so many ideas that I still think are really good, like, you know, what if I want to get emails from the Burning Man group, but there's a person in there who's abusing it? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be on off. Like, people should be able to squelch and say, just don't send me emails from this person. And then that person should get an email back saying, after your message, 85 people said they don't want to hear from you anymore, right? And maybe you even put that on the person's profile in the group of 903 people are willing to receive emails from this person and 85 aren't. Because that's a really good, you know, group peer pressure way of, yeah. So, because I would really, I struggle in all this with many-to-many -many communications. That's what Tribe is about, is one-to-one, -one, but many-to-many. -many. It's many-to-many. -many. Even if you're talking to one person, it's through many-to-many. -many. It's, I talked to the LA DJ community. Drink. And I found one person that I shared this. I found a DJ or something. That was, that was one idea that I still would really like. And then, the, and then the second idea I had an idea for was pretty close to a, a wiki, which, which I call lists. Mm -hmm. And the idea of lists was, and they're tribe lists. The idea was that it was like a flat database that anyone could create. So in any tribe, you could create new lists for anything you want. What frustrates me about tribe, much more I think than it frustrates the users, is that What's always frustrating about all this, what I loved about Napster was that millions of people could passively share valuable information, in, the case, in that case, MP3 files, mm -hmm. without talking to each other. And talking doesn't scale. So for me to go talk to 15,000 people in the Burning Man tribe and ask them, hey, do you know about how to build a shade structure in the desert? 
which is one of the questions I posted. I could bother all 15,000 of them, but maybe there's really 50 who are experts in it. The question is, how do we surface that? How do we passively surface those 50 people are experts in building shade structures so that I can just bother them, right? And get their attention. But if they knew that someone was only bothering them about something that they're an expert in, they'd be psyched. It's the spam you don't like. And 99% of what you get doesn't relate to you and you get annoyed. So the idea of lists was, what if we could all surface these resources? Like lists of like in San Francisco, I would like to know for different groups, like who do you like as a dentist? Who's a good accountant? What's the best place to get an RV for Burning Man? And I'd like to like have all those things. And the problem with threads is I answer the question once, but I want it to continue telling people. And I'm like, ah, oh, go look at the thread. Yeah. And so it works okay. But, but so anyway, those are things that I still, you know, kind of get turned on by and that I don't think people have figured out well. Since Tribe has been down a lot lately, when are you going to make a new donut freakout page? <laughs> All right, I'm going to start writing down some of these very good suggestions for us. Okay. No, no. Uh, so blog comments. <laughs> Notification. And uh, Donut Freakout. Because the Donut Freakout page is, donut is, freak out. is okay. old. Yeah, and we could do a lot more fun things with it, like put pictures of members of the week. or Oh, it you know, so made pictures. me laugh. It so made me laugh when okay. I first saw that. I was like, Donut Freakout. Okay. Okay. In, <laughs> do you have an answer one. for that or you want to move on? No, we'll, we'll make a, no, a new Donut Freakout page. <laughs> <laughs> In reading your blog, which is a blog you don't keep on Tribe. You have a separate blog. Right, which is a good point. And... No, I, I produce it on TypePad. Which you've had issues with their server. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a lot of issues with them and their customer service people. <laughs> but it, and it gets, it gets RSS'd into my Tribe I, account. Oh, that's right. Because the idea, what we built with the Tribe profile, we decided we'd have the basics of photos and blogging and stuff. But we said, we're never going to try to compete to be the best at any of these things. And so for a lot of people... If you're not serious about some of these things and you don't want to invest in others, like it's there for you. But then if you're like a photo nut, you know, Flickr's going to be better than Tribe. Mm -hmm. And if you are a blogging nut, then TypePad might be better. I mean, the truth is for what I use TypePad for, I don't know that it's really any more useful than Tribe because it's just a text editor and I put photos up and that's it. Well, in reading your blog on TypePad, you posted an entry, I think it was a couple of years ago, called Community versus Corporation. Can you share with us your thoughts about Community versus Corporation? <laughs> I'm going to be done with my energy drink. Um, <laughs> by the way, for everyone who's doing a drinking game, you should totally respect the person in your group that doesn't want to drink alcohol, and I recommend... I happen to like the Tony Robbins energy drink, and I don't make anything off you buying it. But uh, I'd like to see people promote the non-alcohol consumers having their drink of choice that they drink with you. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, we've actually drank other products besides alcohol on the show. But I like the idea of drinking games I just or other, you know, kinds of things. Um, so that was Mark Pincus of Tribe.net, and we'll get to his thoughts about community versus the corporation after this short break. Who do you want to hear on the radio? We really want to know. This is Terry Gross. 
you can go to publicradioquest.com and help pick the public radio hosts of the future. Think of it as This American Idol. Lots of people have sent in tapes. At publicradioquest.com, you get to listen and decide if they're good enough, interesting enough, to be on the air. You can help shape the sound of public radio if you listen and vote at publicradioquest.com. Thanks, Terry. Remember, I need your help to become the next public radio host. So click on the banner ad at burncast.net to cast your vote. Also, a reminder, it's only 109 days more until Burning Man. So get your shit together and get all your supplies at Ply is On. Introducing the new Larry Collection, available exclusively at their website, plyazon.com. Remember, you got a shop to burn. We now return to our interview with Mark Pincus from Tribe.net and listen to him rant about his favorite topic, community versus the corporation. That's a topic that I love to go on and on about. Community versus corporation. Yeah, and rant about. So I have this belief that I think will be more widely adopted in the next five or ten years. So that's an arrogant backhand way of saying I think I'm ahead of the world. I believe that a new concept of corporations and business, like business entities, will evolve and it will be the most, it'll be the winning formula in the market. So I think that the market forces, I'm a staunch capitalist. I don't really believe in socialism or communism and and I don't believe in government involvement. I believe in market forces, but at the same time, I think it's wrong to assume that corporations and corporate America is the best of capitalism. Just like, to be fair, I don't think that Russia or China were the best of communism. I think communism kind of has done well at Burning Man. But I think capitalism is a better system to feed and clothe and provide for a large number of people because it rewards personal incentive. Now. I believe that two of the best philosophical concepts of the 20th century of democracy and capitalism have been subverted and corrupted by a natural tendency they both have towards concentration of power. And I think that concentration of power actually, and I think this, I'm not so arrogant to believe this hasn't been written about, so probably if we Googled it and looked in Wikipedia or somewhere, we'd see that there's probably some economists out there who've already said these ideas. I'm, I'm sure they are, but the web also goes along with it, which is that I think that concentration of power reduces the efficiency and the effectiveness of any body or society. And so you look at Burning Man, and there's no concentration of power, right? I mean, and, and it works so amazingly well. And talk about an efficient marketplace, people are trying to figure out, they're looking for their thing, right? And they're like, wow, there's nobody giving out hors d'oeuvres at five o'clock or just before sunset. I'm going to be the hors d'oeuvre guy. That's how capitalism works. But if there was a body they had to apply to, and then they'd review it, even if they're a really well-meaning body, it slows down innovation. The same token, corporations there's no doubt they slow down innovation. They get built from innovation, they come up with a formula, but then the formula needs to change with a changing world and they can't change fast enough. The good news is that eventually you don't need the government to break up Microsoft because Google will do it for you. And we're gonna need something to break up Google. 
Okay, yeah, that's seriously. In your blog, you've had some criticisms about corporations such as Walmart and Microsoft and eBay and Google. So my question to you is, why Google for the new tribe search engine? Well, okay, just because I, I think from the data I've seen, I believe that Walmart has historically done some very bad business practices. I don't think that Google has done any bad business practices that I've seen. Do, do no evil. Yeah, I, I, I think it's awesome that they put that out. I think it's awesome. And I think Google is the model for the, the new kind of community capitalism. So, thank you. So, I don't have any problem with Google as, as a corporation. And I don't have any problem with eBay as a corporation either. So, I do think that... From what I've seen, Google is holding themselves to a higher standard. And I do think that they intelligently really care about the community around Google. So I wouldn't steer away from their products. Okay. But their search engine is the best. And our philosophy from the start with Tribe has been, don't recreate the wheel. If we can use something else and do better for our users, then do it. And don't be stuck on, it's our own thing. And the problem that we've had with search is a couple things. Number one, it's one of the things that's really slowing down our whole site. So the question to you as tribe community Drink. is, and I'll say that I have not been nearly as good as Craig at trying to go slowly with these changes and let the tribe community you know, user base um, be involved in deciding things and I'm I am kind of making decisions and going right but I'm we don't have the profits that Craigslist has or the time or the employees so the question to the tribe user base is would you rather that we keep the old tribe search which is more custom for tribe and has and we're looking we can with Google create scripts to recreate a lot of that but and slow down the site so for a relatively small number of people that use that search on any given day it's going to slow the performance for everybody versus switching to Google and we've just outsourced all that database activity to them. That's, and shame on me, I probably should have had a, you know, that kind of post up on the site about doing it. But. <laughs> okay, I have another question about a big uh, corporation. I I'm not savvy in the tech world or the business world. So can you explain to me what the sale of Tribe social network software to Cisco, what does that mean? Sure. So the evolution of Tribe, right, is that we started, we got VC funding, we had these partnerships with the newspaper companies. The idea of that was to create a real sustainable business. It failed. So we, they, and, you know, I went to the Tony Robbins seminar and, and he said, you know, we fail because we make up excuses to fail. So I can't blame the, the newspapers for why we failed at that strategy, but we did fail. And we were not able to get a big local presence with them and have them rely on us, blah, blah, blah. So the new CEO, and, and I've had this experience before. It's out-of-body weird experiences. You interview a CEO, and they're like, you're the visionary. You guys are the founders. All I want to do is like button this down and make it more of a real business and scale it up and get advertisers. And we're like, hallelujah, great. Because we just want to make cool products and... We need a guy that thinks about, you know, Procter & Gamble selling soap. So we thought, this guy's from Procter & Gamble, great. But they get in and they pull an Al Haig, and all of a sudden they're like, 
oh, we won't be needing you here anymore. I feel like this is slowing you down. Like literally he said this to me on day two. He's like, you know, Mark, I feel like there's so many other things you could do. And why don't I call you when I have questions? And literally it was like, I was packing up my desk and going by the end of the week. And I was like, because also you, things need one leader. So he took it a different direction, and which is fine. It could have worked, but it, it didn't. I mean, he wanted to be like MySpace. And that's what a lot of good corporate CEOs do is they look for other models that work and they emulate them. So the way I, we get to Cisco is that basically the, the new CEO ran his course with the funding. The company ran out of money. We owed mm. money to a lender. We couldn't pay them. So the lender took possession of the company and was a very enlightened lender and, the, and came back to me and said, do you want to do something with the company to pull value out? And I said, for sure, because I had a goal and the co-founders had a goal all along that we, no matter what, and everybody at Tribe had this goal. Engineers, everyone was like, feels really strongly about the, the community that we created. And, and we wanted to make sure it's sustainable. I couldn't show my face at Burning Man after like shutting down the site that they use more than ePlaya. <laughs> I just would have to stop going. So Cisco comes in. So I started repositioning. I realized that we had really amazing technology and we had built with a huge investment uh, the most scalable, flexible platform for social networking, social media apps. I started repositioning the company to host that for large media companies who are all looking to get into this stuff. And it's changing. It's a little different. They're more like YouTube meets the Facebook. And at that time, I came across Cisco, who was looking to build out that offering and really shared the vision. So they loaned the, the company some money and said, go start building this. And we did. And they, I, we thought we were going to build it out and be a separate company and that they were going to partner with us to sell this product. And, and then they said, you know what? We want to move faster than that. They said they wanted to buy the technology base and make it the basis of their own platform. And they wanted, they needed our engineers with it. So we came to a deal. Basically, in that deal, I think it was a perfect deal for Tribe because they didn't want to own the website. And they wouldn't know what to do with, you know, the users of Tribe. And so, you know, what they wanted, though, was the software and the people, and they didn't want the website. And so they said, great. They gave us back a free license to the software, and now we can keep running it and operating it. Okay. And what are your thoughts of users that block ads? You know, that, hallelujah, I don't care. In fact, it, it's, I want to turn off ads to Tribe users, because Tribe isn't making any money off showing users ads. It's... What we're making money on right now is we have Google AdSense and we have something like 100,000 tribe members who visit every month and then we have 2 million unique visitors that come through Google. People seeing restaurant recommendations or someone talking about shade structures at Burning Man. And, and so we make not quite enough money to cover the bills yet, but we're really close and it's all from that. So I want to inspire tribe members to just create a lot more content. And so I want the site to work faster and get ads out of their way. So that's, once I can get to it, we'll do that. Okay. What is the next milestone for Tribe.net? Any new features planned, new profile skins, anything like that? Well, the, the first milestone for me is to get this cash flow break even so that it's supporting itself. And 
and we're close. I think May may be the first month that we do it. And congratulations. Thanks. It's you know it's the beginning. It's like an important philosophical place to get to that something supports itself. Really, and I know this is so boring to everybody, but the number one thing that we're focused on, and, and I do, by the way, we have a system admin slash database person, Darren, and we have Wendy, who does customer support. That's my team. And I part-time, and I have some of the, some of the engineers from Tribe are working part-time, Jenny and Brian and Marshall. So everyone is working to work on the site speed and performance. That's over all other things. Beyond that, we want to we want to do more around notifications. We want to let people get emailed when people respond to you in a thread or your blog or photo. So cause we've heard that a lot. <laughs> so that's for the near term. That gets us through the next couple months. Okay. Now, do you have any advice for burners who want to make their creative ideas and artistic achievements into a sustainable business, a career, or a livelihood that they love? Sure. First of all, I think that you should keep going for it. That you should definitely, you know, pursue what you're passionate about and figure out how to make money off what you're passionate about, not how to get passionate about what you do. That's just a philosophical. But I respect people who they're, you know, they're doing it because they have to and they're in a job they don't like and they figure out how to get passionate about it. But if you can do the opposite, you should. And I think that where there's a will, there's a way, and I would say grow into it organically. The best businesses, if you look at the Facebook or eBay or even Google, were really grown into, or, or Craigslist, they all sprout up organically and figure out what it is you want to do. Be realistic about it. So I don't have a lot of respect for people who are falsely optimistic and they mistake false optimism for a positive mental attitude, and I don't think that serves you. I think you should have a positive mental attitude. You should look out there where you want to get to, be committed to it, but if you're not realistic, you're going to go on a dead-end path. So I'll tell you, I get nothing against anybody you know, in, in the tribe user base, but I get emailed probably once a week by somebody who thinks they have the best idea since sliced bread, and I look at it, and from my perspective, it doesn't look like a scalable, profitable business idea, which is fine. If it, there's, there's art and there's business, if you want something sustainable, I think the right thing to do is start putting it out there, see if it gets traction and audience, and, and you can do it in your spare time. AdSense will pay for it, so you open a Google AdSense account, but think through how, you, how it relates to business. So I'll give you an example of one thing that, that I'm testing next week on Tribe. And we'll see how people feel about it. I'm looking at how Tribe can make more money on AdSense and do things that the members get value out of. So how can I do something that users get value out of and it makes money? So one thing we're going to do a test of is we are going to do send an email out to Tribe members saying, and we're going to start with just San Francisco, and we're going to say, recommend your dentist to each other. Tell each other who's your best dentist. And we just pick some random thing. And we're hoping that using our existing review page that a thousand people will come and recommend their dentist. Now, that will get highly optimized on Google. Those are valuable clicks, so we'll have Google ad clicks on the page. And hopefully, that'll become you know, the number one search result when someone searches for a dentist in San Francisco. 
and it'll be useful to tribe people. So, I don't know, that's a little example. Okay, so back, back to your blog. Back in 2005, when podcast was word of the year, you posted in your blog, does anyone see the business model for podcast ping me? And nobody responded. <laughs> so I want to know, is there a business model for podcasts? Because I kind of like doing these. Not as far as I can see yet. I mean, you look at Evan Williams uh, is, has been trying to sell Odeo, mm-hmm. which was kind of the poster child for podcasting. Mm-hmm. And it's not making money. So I would say I was probably right in saying there's no business model yet. I, I, I also, I think any podcast, any, any medium that gets scale of listeners will make money eventually. But I think that podcast will probably merge with video casting and be a better place for ads. But people, people are a little spoiled today. When you look at the advent of radio and TV, especially because they were launched by corporations and business people, they didn't just say, you know what, I would love to have a radio station that's about Christian rock, and I'm just going to do it, and advertisers will come, and if they don't, I'll complain they didn't come, right? They went to advertisers. When cable TV channels started, you know, ESPN went to Budweiser and up front and said, tell me what you would sponsor. Here's all the sports we could do. Oh, boxing? You like boxing and beer together? We'll make boxing our biggest thing. So people mistake trying to solve for all these things with selling out. And to me, it gets back to your sustainability question. And I would push back on the entrepreneurs and say, I think that entrepreneurs today are a little bit spoiled. They've been coddled into thinking that they should just do whatever they think is cool. And it's just like artists, right? Some artists find honor in the world not getting their art. And and they think it's a sellout if people pay a lot of money for your art. Other artists are more pop culture, and, and they say, I get turned on by millions of people appreciating my art, and even more turned on if my art makes me millions of dollars. So, you know, it's the question is, where do you want to take it? If you want a business around podcasting, take a business perspective and say, how do I do things that line me up with people who want to pay? And you, so my passion is podcasting about blah, mm-hmm. about social networking or new technology, whatever. Fine. How do I get an audience and how do I get an advertiser that wants to pay to get to that audience? Okay. There is a podcast I love to listen to and it's called The Motley Fool. Uh-huh. And they play this game. We're going to wrap up the show and they play this game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. Okay. So I'm going to name a few things and if they were stocks, would you buy, sell, or hold? Okay. okay. So number one is faux fur. Faux fur. We're back to Burning Man now. Faux fur. What's faux fur? Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I buy, sell, or hold. Fake fur? You know, the fur. Oh, faux, F-A-U-X. Yeah. Oh, faux fur, buy. You would buy, and why? Because I think it's kind of hip. Still? You still think it's hip after oh. all these years of Burning Man? <laughs> I'm, now I'm showing you how out I am. <laughs> I'm just curious. I shouldn't... Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's... Burning Man is so many years ahead of the rest of the culture that, yeah, I think... Okay. I think, and I still like it at Burning Man. It's functionally useful. What about L-Wire? Buy, sell, or hold? Buy. Yes, okay. It, it lasts longer than a glow stick. <laughs> okay. Art cars. Buy. Because? I think they're cool and functional. I love art cars. In fact, I'm, I've been trying for two years to build my own out of some gondolas that Aspen got rid of. You know, they're like gondola system. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Dirty hippies? Sell. (laughs) 
why. <laughs> I don't think there's anything cool about being a smelly, scraggly hippie, and I never did. <laughs> okay, large-scale sound art camps. Buy, sell, or hold. Large-scale sound? Art camps. Meaning what? I guess you don't know the politics behind it. The, they... You mean they make too much noise? Some people, no, no, oh. they're asking for funding for their large-scale sound art camps, and Burning Man saying, we're not a rave, we're not going to fund you guys. Uh, sell. You would sell? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You want to back that up? Well, from what I'm hearing from you, I like all the dancing at Burning Man, but it's too techno for me, and it doesn't have enough diversity. Like, one year I found a cool salsa camp, but so I... I'm not a fan of expanding the techno thing, and I think I'm not really into the drug culture that comes with the techno stuff. And the, the whole E thing, I, I'm really not a fan of E. And it's like, to me, E is like a drug that makes something into a frat, like a fraternity. Because everyone loves that they have the same experience on E. It's like everyone's on the same ride or roller coaster. And you can walk by some dance club and you can see who's on E because they're all dancing exactly in rhythm with each other and and I guess it's a cool thing to feel like you're part of a group but I think it's at the expense of diversity and art so I don't think there's anything cool about you know I don't want to fake the emotion of feeling love or whatever I want to like really feel it you want it to be authentic okay buy sell or hold the regionals Burning Man regionals no, I know that they go. Tell me exactly what they do with Burning Man regionals. You mean like parties or, or like decompressions or? D- part of it's decompressions. Most of it's at little local events in your. Oh, in bye. Your t- yeah. Yeah, I love that. It, it spreads the ethos, connects. It's like a satellite thing. Now, I wish that the San Francisco Burning Man parties and LA ones, the, those are two I'm familiar with. I think they give people the wrong impression, though, of what Burning Man's about. And people so often will say to me, you know, it's, I'm not into it. It's this rave party and, and, and they don't see the rest of it. So yeah. Okay. Buy, sell, or hold the green man theme. The theme of Burning Man is green man. (laughs) It's like, and you're wearing a green shirt. (laughs) I love, oh, all right. We'll put this part on. Definitely buy. And finally, my final question is, buy, sell, or hold? I'm not sure if you know the controversy about this one, the Burning Man trademark. I'd call that a hold because I don't know the facts around it. Okay, fair enough. Anything we haven't covered that you would like to say to the tribe or to the burners or anything? I just enjoy being, being a part of this whole community. And I would say the only last thing is I, my hope for the Burning Man community, and even for Tribe, is I hope that over the next five and ten years that we figure out how to turn this into more of a political movement because I think that our communities are the leading edge of thinkers in creativity, entertainment, technology, and politics, and I don't want to sit around with my arms folded being a victim and complaining I, I want to think about how do, how do we lead and inspire and and bring this, how do we market this, you know, include the rest of the country? Because you know, anytime somebody comes to Burning Man for the first time, they get it. But they shouldn't have to go to Burning Man. We should figure out how we spread that ethos. And that's why, like, I'm on the advisory board to the Black Rock Arts Foundation, like, spreading the ethos through the artwork. But... 
I'd love to figure out how to politically empower this group to to kind of see things happen faster. I think all these things will happen with or without us. It's just a question of whether they take, you know, five years or 50. Thank you very much for having me at your house. This is great. Yeah, this is fun. I love talking about all this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. That was Mark Pincus from Tribe.net. For more information about this episode and to cast your vote for the next public radio host, log on to Burncast.net. Hi, it's us, Click and Clack the Tapper Brothers from Car Talk. We're here to talk to you about the future of public radio. Which, if most people have their way, won't include us. <laughs> That's right. But this is serious stuff. Public Radio is doing a talent search. It's looking for the next great radio host. And we want you to vote and help select the winner. To vote, go to publicradioquest.com. That's publicradioquest.com. And thanks. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. To contact us, call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416. We'd like to thank today's sponsor, Plyazon.com, your online resource for that burning sensation. And a very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts. 